11 at Day Zero Update for September 12th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Parkins. And I'm Daniel Victoria. And yeah, we've got a busy, busy week here of new releases. We got at least three new releases, I think, on here, maybe more mm-hmm. uh, to talk about. Uh, but bef- uh, after that, we will be talking about news, things like a new expensive Lego set you might want uh, from their friends in Nintendo. Uh, there is uh, some good news for Marvel's Avengers. I don't know if it's something to save it, but there's something good happening there. Uh, we got the latest news on Tripwire Interactive's uh, John Gibson. Uh, we got seemingly the final ruling for the Epic versus Apple trial, uh, at least for now. Uh, we'll tell you what's going on with NBA 2K22. Yep. Uh they're taking their next step in the revolution of their advertising game. We'll tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we got PlayStation news with uh, a new acquisition for them and a PlayStation showcase full of interesting stuff. So yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of the, some surprising reveals. Uh, some of them not so surprising. Yeah, uh, and some of them just good to hear. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get to that stuff, but before we do, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I will kick that off here with WarioWare Get It Together, uh, the newest game in the series. Uh, This time around, it is on the Switch and kind of is uh, a bit of a different beast from the other games where you're kind of just, you know, doing basic actions in the game to complete whatever the the micro game is. Uh, But here... There's uh, the requirement that you're controlling a character, mm-hmm. trying to do whatever is expected of you. Uh, sometimes kind of hard to figure out what that is, but uh, the way it works uh, in the the campaign, which isn't a, isn't a very long campaign, it's like maybe an hour and a half or so, mm-hmm. uh, that basically just throws you into these sets of games. You know, not too dissimilar to the other games, but with uh, this one, you're kind of picking, well, in the campaign, you're forced to take the character that the uh, the set of games is supposedly made by, uh, as well as two to, I think, three or four others in some of the later uh, sections. So you kind of try and find ones that fit whatever works best for you. Uh, I tend to find that the uh, the characters that just have uh, the ability to kind of hover around mm-hmm. are generally really good in most games. Sorry about that. Uh, and so there's some that are just kind of weird and gimmicky. Uh, the scientist dude that is half uh, half cyborg, I think his name is Dr. Krybor, Krygor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he kind of swims around in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of have to keep hitting uh, the A button to keep him moving, which is uh, yeah. kind of annoying. I need the characters where you have to kind of hit buttons to keep them moving versus just using the stick to do that uh, is just kind of annoying in the game. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but once you beat them for the campaign's purposes, uh, when you come back, you can kind of just uh, pick any three, four, five, whatever the the requirements are uh, that you want. So you kind of get around those sort of annoyances. And there are a couple of characters that are kind of coming in duos. So if you're playing in co-op, one person gets one character. Usually they shoot either left or right. 
I think by default, the one you get if you're just playing solo is the the one that shoots right. Uh, which for some games, it's a little bit weird and awkward to control. Uh, for some things, there's like one where you have to uh, flip these pipes. You know, sort of a puzzle game aspect there. Mm-hmm. But uh, if your character doesn't have certain means of controls, it's a lot harder uh, to do. It's just like you're not always sure. You can just like bump into things uh, to make them activate that kind of stuff. Uh, sometimes you'll have shots that are shooting one way, and you accidentally shoot, uh, you know, one or two times too many, and undo the progress you made, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of adds some extra frustrations at times, mm. uh, which can be fun in some instances, and other ways it's kind of like a, a bit weird and unfortunate, uh, and kind of annoying. Uh, but they do a lot of good stuff there. And, it's the, the way everything is set up is very similar to the 3DS game. Mm. It was kind of a uh, a, a collection of mini games from the uh, the two GBA games. The one that you know was just button controls, one that's motion controls, and then touched, which was uh, touch controls, uh, that kind of thing. And that had some annoyances of its own because it's like, oh, here's depending on where and how you're playing the game, uh, you may not really have great access to uh, doing some of those games. So if you're just mm-hmm. lying in bed, motion control is probably not going to be the greatest thing. Uh, yeah. Touch, maybe not either. Uh, so kind of like limited what sort of stuff you could play in the game yeah. that way. So there's not really that much of an issue in that here, but the, the rest of the way the game is set up, where they have some extra modes, uh, ways of just playing one game individually, and then just having it progressively get harder and faster as you go, see what sort of high score you get. Uh, that's in there. Uh, there's also some extra modes that kind of just like throw things together, or you can just go back into the campaign and play the sets there. And so there are missions to complete, which are their achievements, mm-hmm. and have a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, go play, you know, this section of games and get a high score of, you know, at least this. Uh, yeah. I might have like one more, and also instead of picking set characters, you can just say use all characters, where it just gives you complete chaos and randomness in those choices. So, may get good characters to yeah. uh, play play a mini game with, uh, or you may get some of the garbage ones. Uh, so that's kind of the the thing there. So when you complete those, you get you know extra coins, which you can use to put into a gotcha machine. It gets you items that you can then uh, give to characters that level them up. And then I think all you get is like bonus stuff or mm. like a concept art. I think it's like five pieces per character. Uh, then there are like customization options for their outfits, which I think is usually just colors, changing the different colors for their outfits. So you kind of make them look a little bit different. And there's maybe like one more thing, maybe some special. Uh, unlocks for that stuff with each level. So you're kind of like looking at the description for the items to see like, oh, this seems like something that Warrior would like or this something that maybe Nine Volt would like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it'll tell you up front once you, after you do it once, like, oh, this is something that, you know, they really like or uh, there are occasional special ones that you get like hundreds of XP from 
versus like 50 or 72 or something like that. Uh, so there's like a lot of stuff like that. It's like gives you extra value there, though it's kind of a, a bit repetitive just in the nature of way kind of keep playing those games, which is not really new. It's been the case mm -hmm. since the first game. You kind of get through just the pure campaign pretty quickly, and it's going through and finding these extra things and trying to get high scores in the, the mini games you like. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some of the other bonus stuff, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's it's more of that. Uh, luckily, it's not 60 bucks, but it's still 50 bucks for a pricey game. But uh, if you want to play with a friend, up to four people, I think, total, it supports. Although it has a specific option for friendless mode. So if you mm -hmm. just want to play solo, uh, it has a way to uh, offer you some good content just for that. Most everything can be played solo. There's a few the like extra mode stuff that is for two to four players, that kind of thing. So uh, it's pretty solid for what it is. It's not like a an amazing revolutionary game in the series. Mm -hmm. It's pretty solid. All right. Uh, let's see, the other game I've been playing... Oh, what do you want to say, Brandon? I was going to sit down. This sounds great. I might yeah. try it myself. Yeah, it's fun. It's very silly. The characters get pulled into Wario's weird uh, handheld system that mm. has, like, a an analog stick and then a fart button. Mm. Or a poop button, I think it is. <laughs> uh, they get sucked into the game, and there's, like, bugs infecting their games, their levels. But you just beat the. It doesn't change the levels. It just means you have to play through them to the, the boss, and then you get to, you've defeated the bugs. Yeah. Whatever. And then you find out the ultimate cause of the bugs. You know. Mm hmm But yeah, it's pretty solid from what I've played so far. I'm gonna put some more time into it. But uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, the other game I've been playing a good bit of is Fist. Forged in uh, Shadow Torch. Shadow Torch. I keep wanting to say like Shadow Tech. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, it is a Metroid-like uh, mm -hmm. made by a Chinese team. Yeah, I think they're called Billy Billy or something like that. Oh, that's the publisher ah. for it. Uh, which I was looking that up and it's a it's like a site that has like movies and music and such on it, games and hmm. such on it. Yeah. Like one of those kinds of publishers. Mm -hmm. It's a bit weird, but uh, the game itself comes out of the uh, China Hero Project that Sony's been doing. Yeah. Uh, which is a uh, a project, a uh, program about getting more Chinese developers making games for the West. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is one of them that is, you know, very much a Metroid like uh, thing I. Description I saw that was kind of apt after playing it for a good bit is that it's a melee focused uh, shadow complex, mm -hmm. uh, sort of a bigger, better looking game than that. Uh, but your character is a rabbit named mm -hmm. Ray, who uh, is living in this city. I guess it's called Torch City. Yeah. That uh, has been taken over by these like robots uh, that uh, run everything. And it, the way you kind of get uh, some backstory is that he seems like Ray has fought uh, in the this like resistance war against them 
and his buddy Ursa's there. Mm-hmm. A giant bear. Uh is also one of your buddies. I think one of your only buddies, so uh but since then you've your character's like a, you know, given up on having a normal life at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh wants to put his soldier past in you know the past and all that, but his buddy gets kidnapped by the robots after they mm-hmm. figure out that he's been hacking into the terminal system, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Uh, gets taken to uh, uh, the Shadow Tower, Torch Tower, whatever they mm-hmm. call it. Uh, and so then you get the the fist, which yeah. is like a a harness you wear that has like a big metal uh, metallic like robotic fist on the back of it. I yep. just to punch enemies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game does a good job of getting you upgrades early and often. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like uh, charged power fist attack that is very anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, as if you get a good hit with that, uh, the enemy will often go just flying across the screen. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, in a good way. Uh, it's also sometimes useful for doors that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a wall jump pretty quickly, and then a double jump in the first like uh, dungeonous area that you get to. Uh, and at this point, I've gotten a second weapon, which is like a big drill. Yeah, that I think also. I'm pretty sure that drill also like I'm not sure if it does yet, but it also doubles as like a auto gyro or like a somewhat it's... like a helicopter. It kind of lets you glide around. Yeah. Uh, so you can get sort of longer uh, jumps in there. Uh, that area where you get it has lots of, not lots, but has a few areas where there are wind kind of blowing up in the air. So you can kind of use that to get up to higher areas, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, it also does damage to the wall. Uh, if you hit it, it's like it's an attack thing as well. So you can, uh, if you're, you know, flying around, you can. Uh, roll that uh, like helicopter blade-esque thing like into enemies to do damage to them. Uh, you can also just sit there and hold circle and uh, you know blow it like a fan. Mm-hmm. Enemies walk into it, uh, they will get damaged. So there's that, or you can just blow some enemies away. There's like little drones that walk around on the ground, and I was trying to figure out how to get it to attack them just with the the fan, but it kept blowing them away. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck this, just beat the shit out of it. Uh, but other upgrades you get uh, with the currency you earn for beating enemies, you get to spend in the, like, save points to on these, like, skill trees, essentially, to get mm-hmm. uh, combos added to your arsenal, some that are pretty cool and ridiculous, like uh, the first one I unlocked with the, with the uh, drill is this thing that creates, like, a big giant tornado. Uh, to it that brings enemies in and causes big damage to them. That was just like one of those moments where uh, I was just like, oh shit, this game's getting real good now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I just got another one, or I was going to buy another upgrade Mm -hmm. that was similar, but it uh, uses the fan to uh, create like a a uh, inward source of wind to pull enemies to you as it does big damage. Mm. Uh, so sort of like kind of like the tornado, but uh, sideways. Uh, that was pretty neat looking. Uh, you do have to get 
uh, some of these special, I think they're called data disks uh, for getting some of the higher end uh, yeah. uh, combos and such to your arsenal. That's sort of how they mm-hmm. gain things. Uh, so that's something to do. Uh, there's another character that you find that is selling. Uh, I don't know how much of it has, but he has like some of the upgrade stuff for health and mana and that. Uh, that's and uh, one of them is the data disc that he's selling. I don't know if he has multiple, but he has at least the one. Mm. Uh, and I think he also sells like cosmetic suits for your character, mm-hmm. the way they're described. Uh, so I'm gonna have to check that out too. But uh, basically, got out of that that area with all the combat in it and kind of going back through. Some of the earlier parts of the game, now I can double jump in all this and I can get around much more easily. Because mm. uh, as I kind of lock myself into this uh, dungeon area uh, unexpectedly. So that's kind of what I'm doing at this point. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the executions are maybe one of the, the weird points uh, that I would say it's not really negative. It's just like a couple times your character kind of uh, gets put into a position where if you're up against the wall and initiating it, your character just is in the wall as they're executing mm-hmm. this move. Yeah, it's not real like bug to it. it. Doesn't like it doesn't happen. It gets locked up or anything. It just the animation starts from within the wall, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But uh, you can buy like a executions plus, like an upgraded version of the executions, and there's some some good stuff. Especially the drill has its own set of executions. Mm-hmm. Uh, animations, so that's been pretty good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to put some more time into that. I'm maybe like two and a half hours into that uh, so far, and still got a ways to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they talk about so there's there's a number of bosses in this tower, so you're gonna need to you know power up as much as you can, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, sure, I'll I'll explore more of this world, find all the other secrets and such that are in here. So yeah, that's been uh, another fun time here of things that are new. Uh, mm-hmm. It's only on the PS5 and PS4 right now, 30 bucks. Uh, so it's supposed to be coming to Steam at some point in the near future. Uh, so that'll be another place you can check it out. Uh, yeah, well worth, uh, well worth playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Also been playing Fortnite, which just had its sort of season-ending event a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I was streaming it, and then uh, it ended, and basically had a countdown to when the next season would start, which was like 12 and a half hours later. So I was like, okay, well, I guess that's all of this. I was like, oh, maybe it would start up and then we'd be playing some. But no, uh, the event itself, uh, essentially everybody that was in there gets pulled into the the spaceship that's been hanging Mm -hmm. over the island all season. Uh, Then you hear this character. I I don't know the lore too much, so I don't know who specifically was talking to you, but they were essentially like hacking uh, things around the ship to let you kind of escape from your cells and get uh, out of there safely without being detected by alien troops and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, which culminated you in finding this uh, big-ass cube yeah. in this room, uh, which I found out is uh, a cube that fans call Kevin, has been around mm-hmm. in previous seasons. Uh, yep. So you figure out at a certain point that you can uh, recharge it by just going up to it and holding a button. Uh, so you recharge it, it turned from purple to blue, mm-hmm. and then it popped up to the top of this chamber that you were in, 
And you see all these other fucking cubes around. They're all purple. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then something happened. The ship explodes. And then you come falling out of it towards the island and seeing all these cubes and other shit crashing into the island. So I'm assuming the island's going to be pretty fucked up when it's ready to play. Which I think the season starts at like 5 a.m. here. Mm-hmm. So I'll play it in the morning after I get up. But uh, that'll be uh, interesting to check out and see how that... Yeah, that looks what's new for the season. I managed to get through the uh, the main part of the battle pass. Got my Rick skin. I didn't put it on for this. Yeah, because uh, I just had Aloy. Mm-hmm. Like somebody had a Morty. There was uh, an Iron Man. There's someone with like the the Googiemon character, the rabbit thing that was in there. Mm-hmm. A few others. So there's the assortment of characters there. Uh, yeah, that was pretty nice uh, little event. Uh, just kind of annoying to be like, oh, we'll stream some of this uh, for yeah. an hour or so, and it ended in like 15 minutes. That was just a countdown. So that's that. I've uh, been playing American Truck Simulator a bunch. Uh, did a stream on that uh, because they put out their new DLC, huh. which is Wyoming. The state of Wyoming is now in the game. Uh, mm. So they added that, and... Uh, I think a part of this game that I don't know that people necessarily appreciate is that it is a really good tool for learning uh, sort of geography, uh, mm-hmm. learning about uh, various uh, landmarks and states. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you're going around, you say it'll be these like viewpoints that'll show you like, oh, here's here's a really cool looking bridge that's in this state, or here's a cool dam that's in you know Nevada or Utah, that kind of thing. Uh, like in Washington, I found some neat little bridges that have the ability to, you know, either split up or lift up to let ships through. I uh, had one job where I was driving through, and we ran into a point where ships were trying to get through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Wyoming's pretty neat. It's kind of a lot of plains type of areas. So a lot of uh, uh, dirt and grass and uh, fields around, uh, mm-hmm. whereas I think Idaho is more mountainous. Uh, Wyoming's a bit more flat and spread out, so but it has some really nice visuals there. You go through some of the cities, right through like Cheyenne and Jackson, mm-hmm. and some of these other cities, uh, doing some stuff. Uh, so that was pretty fun. Uh, that's out now, Wyoming. Uh, Texas is the mm-hmm. next state being added, which is going to be a big one. Uh, I think once they get like Montana would be the northernmost state they still have to get done that'll probably be what's next after that uh then they start getting into the midwest and all that i'll get to the dakotas and getting mount rushmore in there so there'll be some fun stuff there uh let's see the other game i've been playing is power wash simulator which they put out a big update with uh four new jobs in it and some other new stuff they added an extension for your uh, your washers, that is a extra long extension, meaning it's kind of like a sniper kind of thing where you can uh, be pretty far from uh, the surface you're trying to clean and still hit it, that kind of thing. So uh, what else? They added cosmetic gloves and I think cosmetic stuff for your uh, your washer, I guess, the, the gun you're holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that stuff you can buy. Uh, so you can have like some little difference uh, in that stuff, but it's just like I assume that's setting up like events where you can earn 
you know, special gloves, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, but the four uh, jobs, I've gotten through two of them so far. Uh, the first one is not great. It's a uh, mayor's mansion that has been egged and graffitied. Uh, but for whatever reason, he hires you to wash it up. But uh, the gate's outside in, his, in the front of his mansion. But he doesn't give you the key so you can get in. Mm-hmm. So you have to literally stand at the gate and shoot through the, uh, you know, the 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 bars on the gates to wash the house off in a real kind of weird way. Uh, you get some text from him. It's just like, oh, this guy is really like paranoid or whatever uh, about this stuff. So it's no wonder he got egged because he seems like a, an asshole. Uh, the other one was a merry-go-round at a carnival. Somehow not the carnival itself, but just this one merry-go-round that's gotten fucking filthy with dirt and grime and uh, some other stuff there. Uh, so you got to go around and, you know, uh, no, not a merry-go-round. It's the, the thing with the horses that goes around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what that thing's called. Uh, but you kind of go around and, you know, wash the ground, uh, the pole in the middle, all that kind of stuff. Uh, like all the lights have been covered in gunk that you're cleaning yeah. off. You have to do the horses as well, which I was trying to get the wi- the the broad that they're on. I realized, oh, you have to actually turn it on. You can actually turn it on, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it goes around, makes, you know, plays music and all that. You have to do that because then it goes up or down and reveals the rest of the, the rod you have to clean, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of the, the most impressive thing they put in the game so far, as far as like an actual machine that actually works very well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's neat. So the other two, I'm not sure what the other two are. There's one that's like a like a drill machine that you would use to get to the center of the earth but it's you know brought to you to walk off and i'm confused like okay mm-hmm. uh this is a weird thing so i'm curious to see like what the people that brought that to you have to say about it but uh yeah that's been it's for me brandon how about you well um as for me, uh, I am still playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm now midway through Mass Effect 3. And, God, it, the Mass Effect 3 reminds me absolutely why I love this franchise so much. Because it basically takes everything that they've been sort of leading up to the first two and just rips the covers off and just jacks up the just absolute scope of the story like tenfold. It's just, it's amazing stuff. Again, if you have never experienced the original Mass Effect trilogy, or you have, but you want to go back and do it, I 100% encourage getting the Legendary Edition. You cannot do better for your money. Absolutely. Uh, um, And other than that, um, because, you know, the sequel is out, and it had been a long time since I played it, and actually never even finished it properly, uh, I've been playing Psychonauts on my PC. Mostly, uh, which, you know, is not too bad because, you know, Psychonauts is an old game and it can basically run on a potato. And that's pretty much my laptop, a glorified potato. And it's amazing how, you know, like graphics wise, it's obvious that parts of it are really old because it's kind of polygonal. But the weird thing is because the, the, the art direction is so you know, dynamic and stylized that 
it doesn't really matter. It, it, it still has aged shockingly well. Um, also, there are fewer examples I can think of of a game that is like, you know, it's it looks goofy and silly on the surface, but it is incredibly dark underneath it. Because the whole sort of premise of the game is that you're a psychonaut, which means you can go into people's minds, and by going into people's minds, that means you're basically experiencing, you know, their uh, their neuroses, their nightmares, their past trauma, mental illness, paranoia, stuff like that. Um, some of it can be really silly, you know, like the milkman who is convinced that the CIA has a conspiracy against them. Or uh, it can be really terrifying, like the one woman who, in her past, was the head of an orphanage that burned down with all the children inside of it. And, uh, yeah, it's a hell of a game. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. So, uh, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, um, I've been playing a bunch of different stuff, um, primarily on Xbox Game Pass, or just mm-hmm. Xbox in general. Um, I picked up uh, Lake a couple weeks ago and uh, finished that. It's a really chill game. Um, if you haven't heard much about Lake, you pretty much just uh, play this woman who uh, went back home to uh, her small town in Oregon to uh, take over the letter carrier duties for her dad who went on vacation. And mm-hmm. yeah, all you do in this game is drive around delivering the mail. And mm-hmm. in that, you know, you're learning about um, the town as well as like, you know, what kind of stuff she went through as a child because, you know, she lived there before. So. It's her first time back in a while. And, uh, yeah, the game is about, you know, three, four hours. Uh, literally all you do is deliver the mail, and, and then from there you have, like, uh, uh, conversations with other people and have dialogue decisions from there. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, when you get to the end of the game, you, you, you make a decision about, you know, um, just, just, just life in general. And, um, yeah, it, it's interesting because, like, in her usual life, she works in computers and... Um, uh, as you play the game, you find out that she is pretty close to like uh, a deal that'll make her a lot of money. But at the same mm-hmm. time, you're also um, feeling kind of homesick about how things were back then, and it's just just a whole lot of like juggling that kind of stuff. So, uh, pretty solid game, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I also finished Twelve Minutes, which I talked about the last few weeks. Um, yeah, uh, if any of you have finished the game, like, it's just bizarre. Um, the story just goes complete 180, 360 even, with the way it handles things, and I just found it all really, really awkward. Um, and the game is kind of hard to play if you're not really um, picky with the details of everything that you do and say. And mm-hmm. I actually ended up using a guide to uh, help me through some of the scenarios. Uh, as I eventually made my way to the end. Um, I do think this kind of um, uh, point-and-click experience uh, with the details and dialogue and actions um, has like some sort of promise like in the future with the, with the way, the, uh, with the way um, gameplay and story can be, can be melded. Uh, but yeah, it's, from a game that I really enjoyed at the beginning, it just fell flat on its face at the very end. And I'm hoping that, you know, the developers, you know, go ahead and give it another try with another story 
perhaps nothing that tries to go as deep as the way they wanted to take it here because you know like again like uh chris was playing it for a bit like there there there, there are some enjoyable aspects to it and um yeah they have something here it, it, it just didn't quite um nail it for me um uh, and then aside from that and playing a little bit of new newer stuff uh I got a code for NBA 2K22, uh, so I'll be working on that. Um, I haven't played too much. I've played a couple games. Um, it's pretty pretty much standard NBA 2K. Um, and then as far as to my player and my team mode, uh, I haven't really delved deep into that yet, but I'm, 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 I'm expecting more or less the same kind of stuff. Um, one thing that I, that I do find a little uh, awkward back that when you're playing a multiplayer game, the, the camera is zoomed in a little too much like they, they they don't really focus on uh the broadcast view and you actually have to change it yourself and i don't understand why that's the default setting like i know they they really want to let you focus on the visual fidelity of each player but you know that's not the way like you typically watch or play basketball so um i don't know why they do it that way um also playing a bit of madden 22 um i don't want to say too much about it just because you know for a conflict of interest but um, I am enjoying it more than last year's version, so you know it, it has that going for it. Um, and I just started the franchise mode, and so far it's it's pretty cool. It it, it does a whole lot of stuff with is the with with the RPG and progression tree. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely more effort into franchise this year as opposed to last. And I've also played a little bit of Lost in Random, which is uh, out from EA Originals. I was actually surprised to see that this game did not get a physical release because um, you know it takes two did so. I don't know why this one didn't get one, but um, so far it's pretty interesting. You play this uh, girl in this world where um, everything is determined by like a dice roll. Like it's, it reminds me of uh, um, what's it called, The Hunger Games, where you know um, you leave it to chance as to whether or not like the people living there are gonna go ahead and take part in the games. Whereas with here, like uh, once you turn like twelve years old, you have to roll your dice to decide where you're going to live and what kind of job you're going to have. So that kind of story element is pretty interesting. And uh, I look forward to uh, continuing on with the game. And it, it, it does an interesting job of combining action-based gameplay with uh, um, trading card mechanics because, you know, um, the cards all have different kinds of uh, abilities. So that's pretty interesting to see. But other than that, that's it. I also picked up Tales of Arise, Life is Strange, and... Um, uh, WarioWare, but I haven't cracked any of those open yet, yeah. so that's pretty much it. Yeah, my copy of Tales of Arise doesn't get here until, like, Wednesday, so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, alright. Yeah, there's too many fucking games. Yeah, we're getting that Every part single that... game developer out there and publisher, fuck you! Yeah, we're getting to that part of the year when, you know, the you know, it, it used we used to talk about the summer drought because, you know, we still kind of do. We're entering into into winter into fall and winter now, so all the big games are starting. To, well, it used to be all the big games, but a bunch of the new games are coming out at once. So this all happened just this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this was a huge week in Meg, general. Meg came like, out, but was kind of a wet fart because of the the bugs that hit a launch. Yeah, for the people that paid extra money to play it early. Yeah, at least on the Switch. And there's Life is Strange and be two K twenty two. Tales of Rise. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, there's WarioWare that came out. I completely forgot that came out until like the day before uh, when I grabbed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fist also came out. 
and then you had other games getting updated in DLC and that kind of stuff. Oh. It's all at once. Like, what the fuck? Uh, and then this week we got Deathloop. It's on Tuesday, somehow. Uh, one of the big games is coming out on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Kino's the week after that, also a Tuesday. I said I've never heard of Deathloop. They should do more trailers. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's so <laughs> obscure, you know? It's... Yeah. God, it's like it just—it's like you—you turn your head and you just never hear about it. Yeah. If you can't Uh, get the joke here, it's that we're sick of hearing about this fucking thing. Well, it's almost out. Yeah, thank God. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, the next week has Kena Bridge of Spirits and Death Stranding Director's Cut, Lost Judgment. Uh, The week after that is Lemnus Gate, Astria Ascending. So, you know, nonstop. Mm. Uh, for as much yeah, as Kena people are worried about there being no games this year uh, because of COVID, uh, they're coming out fast and furious. So, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Yeah, Kena is the big one for me, like, you know, next week. But, yeah, again, like, this Friday was probably the biggest, like, day of the year. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, not to mention, we just it's a hell of a weekend. You know, we had the start of the NFL season, and I'm like, cool. Well, one thing I, I never understood is the fact that, you know, the, the NBA preseason is so far away, but 2K insists on releasing 2K the first week of the NFL season. I'm like, come on, guys, give me a break. Well, they can sell their game even after the season's over. I uh, mm. make ridiculous numbers, so they, they don't. Yeah, I mean, like, I was just at Walmart, and they normally have the new releases on the first row of the board. And the second row still had NBA 2K21 for forty dollars, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is still here," you know. So yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, if you subscribe to some services like PlayStation Now, and Game Pass, we got some games that uh, are available now uh, for PlayStation Now. The games that they're adding. Uh, let's see, they mentioned Tekken Seven here, and then have. Asterix saying that they're already available in North America and Canada. Mm-hmm. So it might be other regions are getting them, but also mention that certain games featured on PlayStation now may be made available in the library on a limited time basis only. So they might have been had an end date on that one and have changed that so that it says uh, it'll be leaving February 28th, 2022. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you have not checked that out, that's uh, a good fighting game. Uh, one that you can get into uh, for the other new things. Uh, conveniently, uh, there's Killing Floor 2 uh, from the makers of uh, Man Eater and all that, to, uh, Tripwire Interactive. Uh, probably had uh, oh, an unfortunate uh, decision to make on how much to push that game being on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is, it seems permanent, no end dates. Uh, let's see, there's Final Fantasy VII. As we talked about last week, the Final Fantasy games are coming to PlayStation Now, and VII's the first one. Uh, it's the uh, the PS4 uh, port of the PC version, just in case you're wondering. So it's still the PS1 game, basically, uh, with some added bonuses. Uh, there's Windbound, which is one of those indie games where you're kind of stranded on an island and have to sort of explore and... Uh, find resources and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it has a pretty neat art style from what it looks like here. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's that. So there's also Pathfinder Kingmaker Definitive yep. Edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of those kind of uh, 
computer style RPGs. Yeah. Uh, for that, so you can check that out. Uh, and also, uh, Moonlighter, which is a very good sort of action RPG roguelite where you are going into dungeons at night to fight for materials and items that you can, during the day, sell in your shop uh, for money and such to uh, upgrade your arsenal, buy new expansions to your shop, that kind of stuff. Uh, A lot of things like that. So it's a neat little game that's, you know, tries to straddle those those two different kind of genres of games into one. And it does a good job with that. So, yeah, no end dates for any of these things. So it seems like they'll be on the service for the foreseeable future. Uh, Let's see. Let's get over to Game Pass. Uh, A lot of this stuff is already available at this point. Uh, There's Craftopia uh, in game preview for console, PC, and cloud. Uh, September 2nd, that's sort of a one of those kind of open world crafting uh, survival kind of game. You know, Minecraft-ish, but it seems pretty absurd from some of the the stuff I've seen of it. Uh, There's finally coming to the service Final Fantasy 13 on console and PC. Uh, It's one of those games, I think it's been like two years that they promised this thing was coming to the service, and it's finally shown up. So you can check that out. Uh, let's see. Signs of the Sojourner. A narrative card game. So you can kind of check that out. Uh, Surgeon Simulator 2 uh, for console, yeah. PC, and cloud. That's uh, the sequel to the uh, very silly Surgeon Simulation game. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you uh, cut apart people with awkward controls and all that. Uh, but this time around, you have like a, an actual character to control. As you're sort of exploring your uh, surgeon's quarters, I don't know, the various areas around to find the parts and such you need for the surgery. You can play that in co-op too, so uh, there's that. Let's see. Also out now, Crown Trick, Mm -hmm. which is a recent release. Uh, Let's see. It's a turn-based RPG, I think, something like that. Mm. Uh, let's see, also available now. I think all of these might be available now. They haven't posted anything new about new stuff being added yet. Uh, there's Breath Edge. Yeah. Which is a game that's I've had my eye on for a little while. It's a survival game, but you are in space. Uh, and there's this whole weird thing. I think you have to uh, sort of survive and uh, even potentially like hold your breath as you go between different parts of the ships that have been sort of stranded here. Mm-hmm. And you also got like a chicken at a certain point that is like a key uh, tool or whatever Yeah, uh, for you. So there's a little bit of silliness to it. Uh, so there's that. Uh, let's see. Nuclear Throne. Mm-hmm. Which is a very good roguelike uh, shooter uh, from the team at uh, Blambeer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's worth checking out. There's The Artful Escape, which just came out. Uh, the one about the teenage guitar prodigy uh, sort of thing with a bunch of well-known actors in it. Mm. So yeah, there's that stuff. Yeah, seems like uh, that's it for the most part. All right. So some nice additions there. All right, let's get to something that will cost you a lot of money. This Roughly Legos about $200. Yeah, roughly about $200. 
It's uh, 170 bucks for the set. Yeah, it'll be out October 10th, or not October 10th, October 1st. Uh, it is an interesting design because it is a question block, which is not in Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only Mario games that does not have a question block in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also, and it kind of folds out the different parts of it to yep. show you, you know, level bits in them. That is uh, pretty wild. Uh, it seems very much inventive design on the par of that TV. That sort mm-hmm. of rotated through you through like a Mario level kind of thing. So they're doing some ridiculous stuff here. It's over 2,000 pieces. It uh, comes with uh, micro figures like Mario, Princess Peach, King Bob Omb, yeah, uh, Chain Chomp, Big Bully, Mr. I, Lakitu, Penguin, Baby Penguin, and others. Mm. And you have four detailed versions of. Levels like Peach's Castle, bob Battlefield, Cool Cool Mountain, and Lethal Lava Trouble. So, yeah. Mm. Want to fight tooth and nail to get a cop, uh, a, whatever, in order on this? It's October 1st. Probably the, the Lego site and probably some of the other places, Target and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That'll be selling them as well. Seems pretty cool. I think it works with the uh, the weird Mario figure. Mario Luigi, Luigi figures from the other sets. Mm-hmm. So there's that as well. So got some neat stuff to it. Mm-hmm. It would be fun if I could uh, justify that. But the, yeah, economically. <laughs> yeah, the new Switch is out the week after that. So yeah, it's more important to me than that. So mm-hmm. there's that for the, the rich people out there. Yeah, or one of those people who's obsessed with Lego. You know who you are. Again, rich people. Yeah. It's the, the only people that can be obsessed about it. Because those big sets are 400 500 bucks. Yeah. Despite the price, like, uh, the, the stuff that LEGO has been doing with Nintendo as far as the Mario stuff is, like, really, really cool. I mean, like, the you know, we had the, the NES diorama with the TV with the moving screen. Uh, we have this now, like... Yeah, um, I've I've definitely really been impressed with what Lego has been able to do. Like we've seen Nintendo work with a lot of other companies, like Levi's, to have all these crossovers, and all of those are like trash, you know, compared to this. So I mean, if if you're somebody who can go ahead and grab one of this and enjoy it, you know, by all means, cool. This is awesome stuff. Um, is it for me? I've never really been a Lego guy, um, but yeah, like this is definitely awesome, and I I wouldn't mind one on my on my desk, but you know, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, let's get to something you may be able to afford. Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, There's the digital deluxe edition that I've noticed for a while has this thing called uh, the Sega Legends Pack, which I had no clue what that was. Uh, Mm. They finally announced it. I was like, oh, they've been talking about all these different Sega characters and whatnot. I was like, oh, does that include all the paid ones? And No, uh, it includes... uh, Versions of the Game Gear, the Sega Saturn, and the Sega Dreamcast that mm-hmm. are in their own balls. Mm-hmm. Control. I don't think any special levels just for them, but uh, some neat like cosmetic stuff for that. Uh, yeah, that also mm-hmm. gets you six classic character skins, ten customizable items, uh, stuff you can put on your characters, I guess, as well as the classic soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think outside of that, it costs like five bucks. Like a lot of these packs are like five bucks. Well, some of the characters are five bucks each. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just a little bit pricey for that, but that stuff will go on sale. But uh, yeah, there's a a neat little thing that you can get for paying a little bit extra for the deluxe digital deluxe edition. For that. Yeah. So hey. Yeah. Awesome. No Genesis or Master System or anything. Apparently not. Yeah, who who would want a Genesis in there instead of a a Game Gear? But yeah, right. that's, uh, let's get to a game that's uh, is struggling a little uh, bit. Marvel's that... Adventures, though I think the it's done pretty well with the War of Wakanda expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's starting to get a little bit of uh, traction there, but I don't know if it's going to be enough. But yeah, we're talking about what's in the works for the future, and a part of that is the uh, edition finally of Spider-Man. For the PS5 and PS4 versions, mm-hmm. uh, expecting it to hit later this year. Yeah, uh, so that's great to finally have that. I mean, that's pretty much like instant money in the bank for them. But yeah, they, they've still really got to do some work on the base game to like get me involved because I mean, it just it, it opened up as this incredibly. Just the, it was it was it, it wasn't good. It just wasn't. Yeah. It was it promised the moon and the stars, and we actually got it, and it turned out to just be another uh, beat 'em up. Really, it it was yeah. sad because I actually had a lot of hopes for it. Yeah, it's kind of a, a boilerplate kind of game mm-hmm. to it, which isn't necessarily bad, but for uh, the potential for this kind of game. Uh, it fell mm-hmm. a short of oh, that, yeah. especially when their first like character editions were two different Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not really a great way to convince people that like, oh, there's something here to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting you know Black Panther in there helps out a lot. Getting Spider Man will definitely help out a lot because that was one thing that piqued a lot of people's interest mm-hmm. in the game. But it being a good year. Uh, later than until it actually gets in there, mm. it's definitely a a big issue for them. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some other stuff coming this up in the the near future, like uh, level cap increases, that kind of stuff. So, uh, if you're into it, there's gonna be some good stuff for you. But if not, maybe you have to wait till Spider Man to see what sort of new stuff comes with that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, speaking of licensed characters, Microsoft Flight Simulator is supposed to get Top Gun DLC later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like the movie getting delayed to next year, uh, the DLC has been delayed to next year as well. Mm-hmm. Seems like it'll be out May 27th, 2022 to coincide with the movie. Uh, so they will be uh, having to wait uh, a good bit longer for that, about six months. So. Right. I have more time to talk about it over the next year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. Uh, let's get to some interesting things coming to PlayStation. Uh, these games were sort of Switch and Steam games. Here, mm-hmm. Moon, a yeah. subversive RPG that uh, was kind of anti-RPG at times. Yeah, it's it's sort of one of those like cult hits. Took a long Very time much. for it to come over. Yeah. You know? Yeah, influenced by you know stuff like. Earthbound and all that, but yeah, doing things a bit differently. Never got localized initially with its 
uh, original PlayStation release. Mm-hmm. Um, finally got a second chance on the Switch and uh, Steam is coming too, but it's also coming to PS5 and PS4. Uh, no real dates on that stuff yet, but it's just been sort of revealed that this listing happened on the PlayStation Store. So cool. there's that. So people, more people will be able to check out some of these cool games. The other one is Blackbird. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's an original one from Onion Games. Uh, sort of a, I believe it's like a, a shooter of sorts. I'm trying to think what it. No, it's like a, an action adventure kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like controlling this big black bird and uh, trying to take out all these waves of enemies kind of thing. So, weird game. That's what the studio is well known for is weird fucking games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are two weird games coming to the PlayStations. All right, let's get to some uh, interesting news. So we talked about Tripwire Interactive's uh, president last week, John Gibson, sort mm-hmm. of endorsing the uh, Supreme Court's decision to not, you know, uh, shut down the Texas abortion ban. Yeah. Sort of thing. And the immediate blowback he got from not only people on Twitter, but uh, partners they've worked with. And apparently people within his own company as well. Yeah. As, uh, as soon as he got back into the office or onto their, whatever their digital office is, uh, mm-hmm. they obviously had a hard talk with him yeah. about things, and uh, he stepped down later that night on Monday, less than 24 hours after he, not 24 hours, like, I think it was 48 hours about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they put out a statement saying the comments given by John Gibson are of his own opinion. Do not reflect those of Tripwire Interactive as a company. His comments disregarded the values of our whole team, our partners, and much of our broader community. Our leadership team at Tripwire are deeply sorry and are unified in our commitment to take swift action and to foster a more positive environment. Effective immediately, John Gibson has stepped down as CEO of Tripwire Interactive. Co-founding member and current vice president, Alan Wilson, will take over as interim CEO. Mm-hmm. Has been with the company since its formation in 2005 and is an active lead in both the studio's business and developmental affairs. And so yeah, like just talking him up and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, they uh, let him resign. Yeah, up down. Uh, instead of just saying we got rid of his dumbass because he decided to, yeah, make this public statement as a yeah. uh, leader for the company. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish we had Lee on because apparently he's had some, or at least the company he works with has had some run-ins with Gibson once or twice, yeah. and uh, he doesn't really uh, give a very good portrait of him as a person. Yeah. He's uh, just frankly he's just kind of an asshole. Yeah. It seems like in the wake of this announcement, I think on his Twitter he posted a a whole thing about uh a non-apology essentially statement for that. Mm-hmm. Uh but also did a huge remake of his Twitter profile removing any instance of Tripwire interactive properties or mentions and links and all that. Yeah. Uh, put it up a big banner image of him uh, over in, I assume this is in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, being around some, you know, underprivileged kids uh, such, uh, in a village there. Uh, with his Twitter bio saying, currently full-time philanthropist, continuing 
helping the poor and underprivileged of the world, including orphans and widows. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that is extreme narcissism right there. Yeah, I think even his uh as I was looking for potentially other stories or whatever on this, I saw that his uh, LinkedIn was also changed to have that same description on it as well. Yeah. Uh and so I don't know if he's still an owner of the company, a part owner at least, of sorts this the, the yeah. statement from Tripwire doesn't mention anything like that, but the way he still says like philanthropists and that kind of thing, I do think he's potentially still involved in some way, just not allowed to tell anybody about it. Yeah. And say that he is uh, still involved in the company. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so my interest in like supporting their games and such is like still like, eh, I don't know about it. Uh, but yeah, it's it's wild. To be able to try to make this change and act like nobody would notice or anything. So I'm wondering if he has uh, deleted any tweets or anything like that as well. So we'll <sighs> see. Don't know. Do not know. But that seems like a chapter is over for the time being. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Uh, let's get to the Epic Games versus uh, Apple trial. Yeah, speaking going of Quakes, yeah. Yeah, the trial is now over. Uh, the U.S. District Court judge ruled in Epic Games' favor in its lawsuit, not really uh, in terms of declaring Apple a monopoly or anything like that, mm. uh, but they did strike down with a permanent injunction that uh, yeah, suggests that Apple uh, needs to... Let's see, where's the... As she concluded, it's not in violation of antitrust law and does not need to allow Epic or other entities the freedom to create their own stores on Apple platforms. Apple's not required to allow Fortnite back on the App Store. Mm. Uh, Apple also denied Epic's request to release the iOS version of Fortnite in South Korea, which has passed legislation that states Google and Apple cannot limit app developers, developers to their own payment systems. But yeah, what did happen is they got a permanent injunction that suggests that they cannot keep uh, developers from... Uh, blocking uh, developers from using their own like payment processors and other pay methods kind of things outside of the app store to that as they are hereby permanently restrained and enjoined from prohibiting developers from including in their apps and their metadata buttons, external links or other calls to action that direct customers to purchasing mechanisms in addition to in-app purchasing and communicating with customers through points of contact obtained voluntarily from customers through account registration within the app. So yeah, cannot require that they have to pay for things through Apple services and through the app store. So if they can direct them to their site where they say, hey, this stuff's a little bit cheaper here if you do it through us directly, uh, be able to do that. So yeah, seems about as good as it could be. Mm-hmm. Without like fucking up things for every other company in the industry, yeah. So, <sighs> yeah, it's that God. That was just the that whole story arc is just uh, just uh, just just one long train of douchiness from just all sides. Yep. So uh, let's continue the douche train here. 
Oh, yes. <laughs> to NBA 2K22. Uh, uh, from my gather, Dan Rib, you have not really gotten too much into the uh, the city mode that's in the game. I have not, no. The, which is like an expanded version of what's been in previous games where it's like a, a neighborhood of sorts, uh, which conveniently has like a big casino where you can go get your daily spins or pay for them or whatever you want to do or buy clothing and shoes and equipment for your character, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, seems like this time around, uh, the advertising is not limited to just you know loading screens or in the game or anything like that. It's also in the city because you know what's in cities? Advertising. Uh, yeah. And also that uh, you can run into uh, characters from advertising. Including? Uh, Jake from State Farm. As you can uh. go walk around a city, run into him, does this whole thing. And I was like, oh, look, it's Jake from State Farm and do the catchphrase there, all that kind of stuff. He's like, oh, yeah, you can't be part of the State Farm family without that drip. Uh, so you can. Uh, it doesn't look great. There's a picture here. Of course, the the character is maybe not in the most flattering uh, light to it, but it's not particularly well fitting for this character, which is not yeah. too surprising. But yeah, it's also kind of weird that you have because the guy that uh, does that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, posted a picture on his Twitter account showing him in the uh, the motion capture suits kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, performance capture suits, which is like weird as fuck. It's like, why mm-hmm. isn't Flo in here? As a go all the way. Uh, but I'm guessing State Farm's paid to be the exclusive insurance provider for the city. Yeah. I don't know. Only so way like, this get more. The only Tony, way that Tony the Tiger in here. Yeah, maybe see freaking I don't know Captain Crunch maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I don't hate this, but like it's it's really weird considering you know it's it's insurance. Obviously yeah. a useful thing, but uh, is this the right place to be? Uh, you know, seriously. Yeah, like, like you guys said, I would rather have Captain Crunch or Tony the Tiger here because you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe they can play some cool basketball, but uh. Jake from the State Farm? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is I think you also have to pay for some of the outfit parts too. Something uh, to the effect of like 15,000 uh, coins, whatever the, uh, the thing is, uh, for parts of it, which is uh, ridiculous for advertising uh, materials. Yeah. Like it all should be provided to you for free. Because they're already getting their money. Mm-hmm. I'm just asking you to go buy some money, some currency to go buy it as well. Exactly. That's kind of the the shitty thing. It's like you know, you remember when you had the Xbox 360 and they gave out those Burger King or McDonald's avatars for free because they're like we're fucking advertising to you. Mm-hmm. And put our stupid burgers as your avatar on Xbox. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of shit. Well, then it came to like movies and music and you know shows and that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, we'll charge for these, but that's at least like a property of sorts versus purely like food and insurance and that kind of stuff, services mm-hmm. of sorts. So yeah, they're continuing to get money from all sources that they can from mm-hmm. the players, 
the players with more money, the mm. players with the most money, and corporations that want to advertise in their games. Yeah. There are plenty of those because NBA 2K is one of the biggest games every year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, right. uh, there's that great bit of news. So have fun with that. And they, you know, they increased the price for the game in the the last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're playing on the new consoles, it is 70 bucks. Instead of yep. 60, so you're paying extra for that. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Wonderful. Well, let's get to some better news here. Uh, Sony announced that they have acquired Fire Sprite, mm-hmm. a developer that has uh, a good bit of history with them because they are made of a bunch of people that came from, uh, as they say here, SIE's Studio Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, when that was either they had a bunch of layoffs or shut that down. I think they just laid a bunch of people off. Yeah. Uh, they formed their own studio called Fire Sprites. Uh, still partnered with PlayStation mm-hmm. to make, you know, the Playroom games, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, what else did they work on? I'm looking at their site here. Worked a bit on Star Citizen, it seems. Yeah, they made the Persistence for PSVR, mm-hmm. as well as made a non-VR version of that game. Uh, there is Air Force Special Ops Nightfall, also for PSVR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Playroom VR. And the original Playroom for the PS4 launch. Uh, so yeah. largely still worked with Sony for the most part, but now they're officially owned. They're one of the bigger studios that Sony has now, because they're like 250 people plus, mm-hmm. something like that. A lot of people they've hired. Uh, so that's uh, neat that they're back. Hopefully they get a, they do better this time around than they did then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have better luck getting projects approved and all that. So that's neat. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And let's get to the PlayStation Showcase, the big event for the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, had, uh, some of the stuff we won't have to talk about too much because it's uh, a lot of stuff that's been talked about before. Mm-hmm. Some of these games just got, oh, here's a new trailer. Or, yeah. Uh, others got dates. And an interesting trend is like a lot of games just got a month instead of a specific date, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe makes sense for, you know, people that are finishing up their games, like uh, no point giving out a date yet until we're hundred percent sure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll start here. The start off with a banger star Wars Knights yeah. of the old Republic remake. Yep. They are going they, back. They are completely remaking the Bioware original from top to bottom. Yeah. It's going to be a PS five launch exclusive. I don't know if it's going to be on, PC at launch as well, but Sony is publishing the PS5 version mm-hmm. with Lucasfilm Games and Aspire, uh, who has been doing a lot of the ports of old Star Wars games to the consoles and PC. Yep. Of late, uh, no time frame for release. Seems like it's still fairly early. But they had a yeah. pretty neat trailer with. Is that Revan? Yeah, that's Darth Revan. Okay, I've not gotten that far in that game. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't blame you because. I mean, let's be honest, um, as much as I loved that game back in the day, and I still have a lot of love for it, uh, its interface is not the most intuitive. <laughs> yeah, the, the game has not aged well at all. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, it's strange because um, I, w- I wouldn't say Aspire's um, 
you know, uh, port work or remake work has been all that great. But you know, when you're when you're when you're when you have a property like Kotor, yeah, you you pretty much have no excuses. You have to hit this one out of the park. Um, mm. I'm just wondering whether or not the battles will will remain turn based because that's part of why I like the game. But I mean, it does lend itself well to an action based system. But I'm hoping that uh, they still keep it. Yeah, um, I think they're going to still be doing RPG stuff. Yeah, uh, but they don't really go into that much detail. Mm-hmm. On what they're working on, but and it seems they're going to be uh, yeah, keeping a lot of the same stuff: the characters, the planets, mm-hmm. uh, the battles, cinematic storytelling, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that game still has like that game still has like one of the most like holy crap twists in all of gaming. Period. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's I mean it's fairly like you know cliche now but the reveal like midway through is like holy shit yeah yeah and it's i'm pretty sure that was like bioware's first uh go on the console gaming as well because up to that point they'd only been doing uh computer rpgs yeah it was definitely a point where they were starting to Try to evolve things to get away from just the pure sort of computer RPG inter- mm-hmm. interface style. Yeah. To it, so you can kind of see that there, and it kind of kept going with uh, Jade Empire, and, and then eventually we got Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, you can see like the lessons they learned from making Kotor going into those games later. Yeah. And because of that, it makes the original interface of KOTOR really freaking primitive. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's that. Yeah, no dates. It just seems like a pure announcement. Yeah. Also, another thing about Knights of the Old Republic, people don't realize, uh, it was also like the first big uh, popular RPG to actually have like an LGBT love interest in it. Like that was yeah. that was a big freaking deal, you know, back in. God, what was that, like 2002 that game came out? Yeah. And one of the first big licensed games for... Yeah. Uh, big budget licensed games kind of thing. Yeah. And, it, and you gotta remember that... Yeah, and you also gotta remember that game came out like at when the Star Wars films were at like their nadir. Because this was, it came out like in the time between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, where they were coming fast and loose out of Lucasfilm, yeah. Lucas games, LucasArts games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get the the car combat game for some reason you needed the the kart racing games, mm. uh, all this sort of weird stuff. It's like, geez, you need to put. The thing that's happened since then is a lot of really good developers have gotten the opportunity to make licensed games. Yeah. Uh, even Avengers is better than the average licensed games than yeah. we got in the nineties. Yeah, it used to be like Star Wars was like the freaking name brand for shovelware <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, there's uh, Yoda's Yoda's Adventures, whatever that weird ass mm. game that came out. Don't forget Star Wars Connect. Yeah. Although we all wish we could forget it. Yeah. But yeah, they're working on that sort of another sign of you know EA not being the epicenter of all Star Wars games mm-hmm. that are happening. Again, it's pretty much because of the 
the absolute shit show that was Battlefield Two, and the surprise and the incredible success of uh, Jedi Fallen Order. And I also think Disney realizing their mistake of going all in on one publisher. Yeah, with that, because that meant you were at the whims of their ability to get things out. Yeah. With a limited number of developers that could work on Star mm-hmm. Wars stuff, which was two. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus getting, you know, three or four different publishers out there to work on Star Wars stuff. One that could bring back some of the older games, one that could work on new stuff. Uh, you get a better cadence out there than, you know, one every other year, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next game that followed up was one that was very baffling because it looked like a, you know, your typical kind of Japanese action game. Yeah. Uh, to it. Where people are like, oh, is this Bayonetta? Is this something else we were supposed to re- recall or notice? No, it's a game called Project Eve from a South Korean studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, no date on this, just that it's coming to PS5. Yeah. I think it's the only console it's scheduled for at the time, but very much has that kind of uh, style of like a Korean or Japanese game. With weird oh yeah creatures with eyes that should have limited numbers of them, not as many as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, near naked characters that should have more armor on them for fighting. Yeah, you know all that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, but don't get me wrong, it definitely looked good. Yeah. Though it's like you know, it's like uh you know it's look I mean if Bayonetta can pull it off I guess other characters can too but. Yeah. No, doesn't make it look any stranger. <laughs> yep. Uh, then they followed up with actual gameplay for Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Yes. As well as a March 25th, 2022 date. Yeah. I uh, am greatly anticipating this one. <laughs> yeah, it seems like instead of guns dropping, you get wands and spells that drop. Yeah. So I think I've seen, uh, what's his face, Randy Pitchford, asking if they should put Borderlands guns into it as well. Uh, yeah. Of course, people would say, yeah, either like a yeah. too. So, for those who don't uh, get sort of what the thing is here, so Borderlands 2, back in the day, they had a DLC put out that was called uh, Assault on Dragon Keep, and it was basically uh, Tiny Tina being Dungeon Master for what was essentially a D&D campaign with uh, the other playable characters. Uh, the, well, the other, like, main party from the first Borderlands. Yeah. And uh, it starts off, like, really silly, and then midway through, you start to realize that, oh, this is actually her way for coping with the fact that Roland is dead. And it gets weirdly emotional. Um, yeah, and she's an unreliable narrator. Yeah. And so this is just like, yeah, but now they give her her whole game. And uh, it makes sense as a follow-up to not needing a Borderlands game for a while. Yeah. But still making a Borderlands game. Yeah. Also, the fact that... Well, to be quite honest, she's not uh, in nearly enough of Borderlands 3 as she should be. She was kind of like one of the breakout characters of Borderlands 2, and she's very underutilized in Borderlands 3. Yeah, so... Like, I get she's kind of a base-breaking character because she's kind of, well, obnoxious, (laughs) to be completely true and hyperactive. That's kind of the style of those last two games. Yeah, 
But uh, then they decided, hey, we're not only we're going to give her old game, we're going to give her the game where she's the dungeon master in a world she herself is designing. And oh yeah, we also got baby metal for the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, that was the the nice thing is not having like a somber rock cover of a popular song. Instead, they picked yeah. the exact opposite of that, which is the first time I ever heard baby metal in a in a game trailer. Well, I mean, it fits the energy, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it it made it stay stood out because the game itself seemed like mm-hmm. fairly, you know, boilerplate for you know a Borderlands esque kind of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, okay, I can listen to Baby Metal's Chocolate for uh, a few minutes here. Yeah, so help add to the chaos that is going on in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. That'll be out next March as they. Start marching games into that month. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We got Forspoken. Yep. The Square Enix game that got announced a while ago. Mm-hmm. As like Project Athia, I think. Mm-hmm. That then got a, uh, a final name of Forspoken. Yeah. Remind you that Square Enix making this game. Yep. Uh, this is sort of the Splinter Studio that worked on Final Fantasy XV, a splinter of devs from that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trailer looked pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, some interesting dialogue to it. And then people found out that the writers for this is, uh, oh crap, I forget what her name is. The the woman that wrote the Uncharted games. Amy Hennig. Yeah, Amy Hennig and uh, Gary Whitta were doing the writing yeah. for this yep. game. As well as uh, a number of uh, people doing voices. Uh, Janita Gavankar mm-hmm. does the voice of the main villain. Yeah. So that's pretty cool for her. Uh there's somebody named Jonathan Cake who voices her cuff, mm-hmm. her like armband as she gets. To, she's like in the the real world on Earth and then gets pulled into Athia somehow. Mm-hmm. And her first introduction to the world is from her armband talking to her. Mm-hmm. So in case you're wondering if this is a game made in Japan, there's talking uh, apparel. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, some people had issues with the. The writing, I don't know, it seemed fine to me. Yeah, it's, uh, some of them thought it was a little cliche, like kind of the CW yeah. type thing, but whatever. I guess kind of the vibe it's going for is yeah. not Japanese, yeah, JRPG style writing or anything like that. Yeah, and I'm uh, just uh, I'm just glad that anything Amy Hennig is has done is actually going to be seeing the light of day because she has not had a project come out in like a decade. Yeah, and this game looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Looks like it controls really well, getting around and doing all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they announced it's going to be out spring 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're nearing it. I mean, like, yeah. uh, this is a game that we've seen like maybe three times now. And I don't know about you guys, but like every time we've seen this game, like I am definitely uh, more impressed every time I see it. Uh, like you guys said, the ga- the game has an all star cast as far as its voice talent as well as writing. You know, from uh, you know, you have Amy Hinnick, you got you got Gary Whitta. Like, I don't know. Like this this game definitely has everything going for it. Uh, we we we've gotten to that point where you know it's just just a a few seasons more, and the, the the game will be out. And like so far, it's look it's looking like they've taken all of the time that they've had to really polish it up, and it's looking nice. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't really know what it is yet, but this is definitely going to be one of my most anticipated games of next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something new from Square Enix that isn't tied to Final Fantasy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. At least as far as we know right now, that could change. 
That could be the secret twist. So that you're in the world of Final Fantasy One. Mm-hmm. Like the other game that's about the angry man in Final Fantasy One's world. <laughs> so yeah. Uh then we'll go through these pretty quickly. There's Rainbow Six Extraction, got a big January 2022 date. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the new trailer. Uh this was sort of the the big news of the week, Alan Wake Remastered is happening, coming to yep. the PlayStations, Xboxes, and PC on October 5th. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it's, uh, it's a welcome surprise, but not an unexpected one, because uh, after playing Control, I knew that they were going to have to do a remaster of this. Yeah, especially with that last expansion, sort of mm. tying it to the Alan Wake universe. Yep. Uh because they bought the the rights back to it a while ago, yeah, from Microsoft. So they definitely had the rights to do more of this, and I think part of this uh, game is also setting up for potentially a sequel. Mm-hmm. As they sort of do this control and Alan we uh, Alan Ra- uh, Alan Wake sort of a universe kind of thing going on. Yeah, uh, this also includes the two story expansions. Uh, nothing about American Nightmare. I imagine if this does well enough, they'll just put that out mm-hmm. in some form. Uh, see, there's going to be new commentary in the game as well. 4K visuals, updated environments, assets, all that kind of stuff. I think the other change they're making is there is no Energizer batteries in the game. Thank God. Uh, the batteries are still there, but they're not Energizer. Energizer anymore. No Verizon billboards. They're basically they're really taking all the branding out. The stuff they would have to pay for. Yeah. To renew or find somebody else to replace it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's uh, good to see. I wasn't a huge fan of the game because it's too spooky for me. But <laughs> uh, Let's see. The holy shit, how is this still not out segment happened with GTA 5 and GTA Online. Getting shown supposedly with enhancements that didn't look like it was all that enhanced. Uh, coming out March 2022. Supposed to be out in the fall. Uh, but it's not going to come out till next spring in March at some point. Uh, there's, again, they're going to extend the, the $1 million GTA bucks bonus uh, for uh, PSN users, PSN, PS Plus users. Uh, until March, so every new month you can go on the PlayStation Store, grab the free DLC, and have more money to spend on casinos or apartments or vehicles or whatever you want. That's so that is that's they still remind you that GTA Online is going to be free for PlayStation, uh, just for PS5 for the first three months, so from March to June ish. Yeah, this is like absolutely bizarre to me. I mean, like you said, like how is this not out yet? Um, I understand that it takes time to develop stuff, but this game is going to span three generations. Like, what the hell are you even working on to like make the game work on PS5 or Xbox Series X or, or you know PS5? And it just, I don't know, it's it's bizarre. Um, but you know, if you are somebody that is actively playing, you know, GTA Online as as, as much as anybody is. You know, the, the extra million dollars every month doesn't help. Uh, sure does help, so. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I think it's also, they said they're going to be making the PS5 and Xbox Series X and PC versions sort of the focus of GTA Online for the for the future at a certain point, so they're 
needing that tech for something for the new stuff yeah. they're adding. I uh, guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it also still it also still has games. has an awkward release date. I mean, as we look at next year, like February March is pretty stacked now. It's not what it used to be, but at the same time, it's GTA. Like until now, the game is still in the NPD top twenty. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's on sale for 15, 20 bucks every month. No, no, you're, you're right. But you would think that at this point, everybody has it, right? I guess not. Yeah. No, or else it wouldn't still be selling. Wouldn't have broken 100 million copies, maybe past 150 million at this point. I don't know. Just, at uh, this point, how many generations of consoles has this fucking game been on? This would be the third. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's still not as much as, you know, Skyrim. But again, like, Grand Theft Auto V is on the, the, the charts way more often. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's ridiculous, especially as people that are Rockstar fans thinking they're going to put out new stuff uh, are dying on the vine mm-hmm. at this point. Because Red, 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 Red Dead Redemption was four years ago? Three years ago? I forget when that came out. that long ago. It was a while ago. RDR2 was two years ago. <laughs> yeah. It just feels longer because, you know, we've all had to go through lockdowns. And it was 2018. That's three years ago. Yeah. Windows was 2019. That was a year later, just about. So, And that game's struggling, which is why they had to release the separates, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 Online, whatever. Mm-hmm. They call it uh, Red Dead Online thing. So this is wild, but it's still going to make them a shit ton of money. So that's why they're willing to take their time with it. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, let's see. We got actual gameplay for Ghostwire Tokyo. Looks really neat mm-hmm. uh, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 100% sure what it is, but they got time because they announced that it's going to be out spring 2022. Uh, PS5, PC, so uh, yeah, that'll be uh, fun to see more of this game, see how spooky it is or whatever. Mm-hmm. It has some weird shit in the, the trailer. Mm. Uh, let's see, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy got a new trailer, nothing really new there, not even a new date or anything, so nope. <laughs> more of that you can see. Uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, the Battle Royale Vampire the Masquerade game is coming yep. out PS5. Uh, later this year, they didn't even commit yeah. to a month that they said sometime this year because it's out now on PC as early access. So I imagine mm-hmm. still trying to figure out like the right sort of update to have out as the first version for this. Uh, if that even hits like 1.0 on PC this year, seems like it's still a little rough on PC, so it might be something they hold out on so that could easily get pushed to next year if they're not even announcing a month at this point with uh, three and a half months to go this year. So there's that. Uh, let's see. Deathloop. Get a mm. final story trailer before its launch on Tuesday. So Freaking finally. Yeah. Uh, Radiohead's Kid A ne- Amnesia exhibition. Amnesia. It's As an amnesia. There's yeah. a partnership with Kid A yeah. and Radiohead. Yeah, so that's then they broke up Amnesia, so it says Kid A, and then Amnesia, yeah. Exhibition, uh, PS5, PC, and Mac uh, mm-hmm. on the Epic Game Store. 
yeah, November is some weird uh, music, uh, I don't know, interactive arts kind of thing. Yeah. Commemorate uh, Radiohead's Kid A and Amnesiac albums. Yeah. So there's that. It's a partnership with Epic mm-hmm. also because, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Whatever. So that's a weird thing you can check out. I don't even know if it's going to be free or whatnot. I was assume mm-hmm. it's free. Maybe not. I have no clue. There wasn't even a PlayStation blog yeah. post for it, so not even any further <laughs> details. Uh, we did get a re- uh, get reunited with Chia. Talked about mm-hmm. this earlier this year as a neat-looking indie game based on uh, New Caledonia. Mm-hmm. Uh, set in its own world where you kind of take control of animals around the island. You can uh, play a ukulele, play some music on that. Uh, yeah, do all kind of interesting and weird things throughout the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is pretty cool. Yeah, it looks uh, pretty chill. Yeah, uh, very much like one of the highlights. It's like the only indie game on this whole thing mm-hmm. uh, of sorts. And whatever that is, even. No, I mean we we we've seen this one before. I think it was done at the last PlayStation Showcase, and I remember. Yeah. Of- Specifically because like they, they copied the Last of Us guitar thing with the ukulele. They also do the mm-hmm. uh, Zelda parasailing and all that. Like it's funny because this game literally does everything that all these great games do. But as far as it being as good, we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and that is coming out next year at some point. Yeah, that's going to be out PS5 and PS5, PS4, and PC. So look forward to that as a Say they're going to show more uh, later, like customization, story, open world activities, challenges, and combat. So yeah, there's that. Uh, then we got to the Sony block as they came back and said, like, hey, we got some stuff to show you, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. They're remastering Uncharted 4 and The Lost Legacy mm-hmm. for the PS5 and PC. Uh, PS5 version is out early 2022, and PC version's out yeah. after that. These are Sorry. the also known as the Uncharted games Amy Heenick did not work on. <laughs> yeah. Um, not that that's a bad thing, because both games are actually really good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In, in my opinion, these are the best games in the series. So, Yeah, so people get a new chance to check them out if they have not so mm-hmm. far, and they're definitely well worth checking out. Yeah. There's no date or anything to figure out like, what's new about this stuff and when they're coming. So No, just we know it's coming out early next year. Uh, then we got the yeah. first big surprise here, Marvel's yeah. Wolverine. So after we heard about Uncharted, like this is where the real stuff came in. Like They, they, yeah, they revealed a new and... game from Insomniac called Marvel's Wolverine. Yep. And it seems like from what they've said, it is going to be mature rated most likely. Um, I mean, all that. it would kind of have to be. <laughs> yeah. But people are like, oh, are they going to actually do that? It's like, pretty sure they have made mature rated games. I think the resistance stuff has been M-rated and all that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the they had like a little segment after the showcase to talk to Insomniac and uh, who else? The Gran Turismo. No, God of War devs uh, mm-hmm. about their reveals. And the they mentioned that the people that led the developments for Marvel's Spider-Man oh. and uh, Miles Morales 
are working on the two games they announced here. Uh, the Miles Morales team is working on uh, Wolverine. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, pretty cool. And we'll talk about what the next project is in a bit. Uh, they gave no date for this and seem to suggest that it's still pretty early. So uh, it's going to be a while before we see anything new about this. Uh, but they followed it up by going into Gran Turismo 7. Uh, showing off a good bit more gameplay, showing off one of the other classic uh, mm-hmm. tracks is coming back for this game. I'm not sure they mentioned here which one it is. Uh, Trial Mountain and High Speed Ring mm-hmm. are making the return. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. Uh, and the blog post they posted is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of interesting things they write here that's like, the objective for GT7 in current culture today is to design a game to convey everything from the last 150 years of car and racing culture, whether you're a lifelong fan or discovering cars for the first time. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? You're making a car game for everybody. Yeah. I said it in five words. Uh, they also mentioned an intense uh, weather simulation system. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying the time weather change simulation brought to life in GT7 is unique to Polyphony Digital. Mm-hmm. It researches the complexities of nature and tailored it into a video game. Mm-hmm. Referencing a massive amount of meteorological obs- observation data, we've created, recreated spatial slash time of day conditions for particle size distribution and concentration distribution of aerosol particles in the atmosphere on a global environmental scale. Mm-hmm. A procedure that is unique to the Gran Turismo series. The validity of the simulation was checked using Scape's HDR images, for which we have accumulated data for several thousand spots all over the world. As a result, we have succeeded in expressing real and complex skyscapes and changes in light for different times of day and weather. Yeah. I was like, is this why it's taking you extra time? You're fucking simulating uh, atmosphere on a global environmental scale? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Are they going to map climate change in this, too? (laughs) <laughs> or if you keep the calendar going long enough, eventually it just gets hotter and hotter yeah. until the tires explode as you start the race. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but... I mean, Gran Turismo has always been on a, on a different spe- spectrum once they, you know, released three. Like, it's always been about being the most accurate driving simulator known to man, like, yeah. almost to the point where, you know, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is is at. Like, there's a reason why you only get one Gran Turismo per console generation versus Forza's yearly um, iteration. Um, like, I don't really know uh, too many people aside from maybe Pat that actually plays Gran Turismo because it, it's a good racer. Like, it's always been like a showcase tentpole piece for what the PlayStation technology is capable of. And when you even look at the trailers shown for the new Gran Turismo, like the UI is sick. Like this is easily yeah. like one of the best looking sleek games like I've ever seen. And I've never even been a Gran Turismo fan. So uh, yeah. that's interesting. It's always but, been like, their specialty is UI. Yeah. yeah. Like, their, 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 their UI is always amazing. And, and like they're, it, it's always like state of the art stuff. Um, the main thing though is like, I don't know, like especially with audiences like nowadays, like as I said before, like Gran Turismo has always been like a spectacle as to what, a console can do and like lately we haven't seen like a console launch with um any driving games in particular and we haven't seen that for quite a while now and it's it, it sort of sucks like i don't know if it's because 
I don't know, maybe cars are less popular than they ever were. I mean, like nowadays, you can't even buy a manual, uh, a manual stick these days. They're, they're all automatic. They're all like uh, done by request. And I don't know, maybe it's the younger generation just not thinking it's as cool. But, you know, there are definitely still people who uh, were waiting for this announcement before even thinking about getting a PS5, despite the fact that it's not as accessible as it should be. But yeah, uh, for everybody excited, I'm excited for them. Yeah, I like the games a lot. Their their racing is really well done. It's always been. Uh, it's just sort of a different focus than for uh, Forza. Though so they've done a yeah. good job of sort of making it uh, as accessible as you know a racing game can be. Uh, it's just they haven't done a proper like career mode racing game in a while mm-hmm. uh, since the end of the PS3 generation. Uh, so. It's exciting to have it back. It's they got a date for March fourth, twenty twenty two. So you'll be able to check that out a few weeks after uh, Horizon Forbidden West. So that'll be happening. Uh, yeah, really looking forward to this. It's just they're putting a shit ton of stuff in here. We talk about having these escapes, which is sort of the photo mode in the game. Yeah, it's like we you can. You will be able to photograph your car freely in photo spots across 43 countries and over 2,500 locations. Every moment captured can be shared with others. It has the same love and passion as you. Like This article is literally written by Kazunori Yamauchi, and it shows it in the way that everything is written here. <laughs> he has a level of uh, presentation in the way he writes that yeah. lives up entirely, lives up to yeah. entirely in this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Funny, Dan Rep should mention how it's supposed to always be like the most realistic racer in the on the market, with the one minor exception that up until I'm pretty sure like Gran Turismo Five, there was no actual vehicular damage. Yeah, but uh, yeah, um, they've been getting that into there though. That sort of statement is also couched in that PC racing games are ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. racing. The, the thing about car porn is that you know <laughs> you can't have any damage. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, yeah. and I'm sure like Toyota and you know all of the other uh, car brands don't want to see their cars get fucked up. Yeah, and that's just the reality of the uh, marketing situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, though I think it's lessened a little bit of late. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of how fucked up you can get them. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty, just as an aside, that part where he's talking about and you're obvious, it's very obvious it's him who's writing it. Um, yeah. when he's talking about how you know whether you're you know you're a veteran or discovering cars for the first time, I'm pretty sure what he meant to say was discovering car culture for the first time. I don't know, there's kids and teenagers getting these games I haven't driven before. I played Gran Turismo 3 before I got my license. I, I, Yes, that's possible. Like, as a means of learning, like aspects of driving, because the license stuff they do is mm-hmm. pretty good for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, fun. And, like the reason he's so into like all these various aspects is because he is a race car driver. Uh, maybe he doesn't do it. He's a gearhead personified. He is. And he's done professional racing. Yes, yeah. it's but not. Not like he's on NASCAR or anything. No. No, I mean, the dude's been obsessed with automobiles, like, even before he began his 
his uh, career as a game developer. I mean, yeah, you know, he, the very first ga- game he worked on was that uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. I think it was called like Tune Race or something. It's like, uh, let me look it up. Yeah, dude's been around for Motor Tune Grand Prix. Yeah, just like a kart racer to it. Yeah. So. That that was back all the way in '94. <laughs> yeah, um, those games didn't really come out over here because, of course. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that. Uh, let's get to the final two big show pieces. Uh, they followed up Gran Turismo and Marvel's Wolverine with, "Hey, we got another uh, game here." They didn't show who the developer was at first because. Uh, the weird rumors that have been going around on Twitter about, oh, there's going to be a new Infamous or something. Mm-hmm. They began this trailer with uh, a mysterious street light, this, like street corner mm-hmm. as lightning shoots this uh, street light. And so that seemed immediately like a teaser of sorts. Maybe not for an Infamous, but like what the fuck? Is this going to be that? Then it was Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider-Man 2 where you can play as Miles Morales. Peter Parker and Venom is involved. See, like yep. the the narrator's the the one hunter dude. I forget what his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what his name is, but <laughs> there's like one of the the more infamous uh, Spider-Man bosses is a is a dude that likes to go big game hunting, but for villains and heroes. I'm trying to remember what his name is because uh, he he's like one of the. He he starred in like one of the classic Spider-Man stories where Raven the Hunter. Yeah, he temporarily took over Spider-Man's identity. Uh, I don't know about that. I know that uh, Doc Ock took over, switched brains with him, minds, uh, and let Peter Parker die in his old body and became the superior Spider-Man for a bit. Uh, So, but revealed, hey, we're working on Spider-Man Two. Uh, with Venom actually being in it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, teaser for that, as he's because the Craven the Hunter is very much talking about. Oh, here's the one that you know, the veteran. Here's the new guy, and the the weirdo, which is mm-hmm. Venom, as he shows up, and then reveals it's out in 2023. Yeah, it seems like a long way away, but it's also 16 months away. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a ways off, uh, though it's not as long as the way people make it seem. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're going to have a bunch of games next year. Forget about time, and it's going to be almost 2023. Yeah. We know it. <laughs> uh, but that's exciting. So that's the the directors of the first Spider-Man are taking over for that mm-hmm. uh, to show what's next. And so you're going to at least be able to take maybe not control of both of them, but both will be able to work together. Uh, do whatever. I don't know. But yeah, that's going to be neat. Uh, Tony Todd of Candyman fame is voicing Venom mm-hmm. in this, as well as Yuri Lowenthal yes. and Naji Jeter uh, reprising the roles as Peter and Miles. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that. So another big surprise that Insomniac is flexing hard on the entire industry, announcing their fourth and fifth games of this generation. Mm-hmm. As we not even... In the, a year into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, good job, Insomniac. You made every other developer feel bad. 
mm-hmm. out there. Um, and then following up is the game people have been wanting to know more about for a while since it first got teased and officially announced the name as God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes place uh, a bit after the first game. Uh, Atreus is uh, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very much got like crackling kind of voice to mm-hmm. him uh, as he's turning into a teenager. Yep. Uh, one of the guys even like, what the hell's happened to this kid? He's so tall now. Uh, kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, as they say here, yeah, picking up a few years after the events of God of War, the freezing winds of Fimble Winter have come to Midgard. Big survival for Kratos, mm-hmm. Atreus, and Mimir in the Norse wilds, even more challenging than before. Of course, you can tell by the title, Ragnarok is going to happen, which is the sort of destruction of uh, Midgard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as they've said in the a little interview post events that this is the end of the Norse series. Mm-hmm. So this is potentially the end of Kratos in this mythology uh, part of the world. So who knows what that means? Mm-hmm. So you go to other places. People want to get him to go to Egypt, that whole lore. Mm-hmm. Meet Sobek or uh, whatever. Uh, Show off uh, new mechanics and such. You know, it seems like there's new things that Atreus can do to help you out. Uh, you meet new characters, uh, some returning characters as well, uh, as well as one Thor shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyr, I think, shows up specifically in the trailer. But they revealed the look for Thor, and the internet went ballistic because it's not MCU Thor. Mm-hmm. Even though in the first game they tell you that he is. You know, basically a fat asshole. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And guess what? He looks like that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's also more realistic to what Norse mythology describes him as. Yeah. He's not, uh, you know, Marvel Thor. No, he's basically a fat meathead. He's a, a bodybuilder type of figure. Mm-hmm. He's arrogant because his uh, armor just covers his, doesn't really cover his chest. It mm-hmm. you know, leaves his bu- uh, stomach wide open. Yeah. If you're like, oh, why is, why is he wearing shoes? Because he's an arrogant asshole. He thinks he's the most powerful person around. Yeah. That's Thor. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, then there is. The actual Thor uh, sagas, dude. They're, uh, yeah. He is not exactly the most likable individual. And just because Chris Hemsworth is likable doesn't mean uh, that every other interpretation has to be. Yeah. That yeah. I mean, like, I don't even really get the complaints considering that, you know, Sony is already has their own Marvel property. You know, they'll, they'll probably see that Thor in the future. For, but for now, this is mm-hmm. Norse Thor. This is God of War Thor. Mm-hmm. Let them do what they do. Yeah. And yeah. There's also another character that got shown off. I forget what her name is. She's like one of the last giants. Uh, in this world, uh, but she's also uh, black, so people yeah are mad about that because like how could you have oh a they went black? ape shit over that and it's like guess it. what the Viking culture was not confined to northern Europe yeah it was the the Vikings were spread out pretty far and wide um, pretty far south into Africa and the Middle East yeah at times so. Guess what? There'd be people already. Also, it's a fictional character. Yeah, these are. This is mythology. 
Um, yes, one. Also, the Giants. I'm pretty sure, like uh, you know, the the Yoten. Uh, they were specifically described as not being. You know, they were they were not humans. They were literally a race of giants. They were an entirely different species. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and Corey was playing fun because the Corey Barlog is not the uh, director for this game. I forget what the name of the dude is. I'm not sure they mention it here. Uh, but in God of War tradition, there's a new director on a God of War game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something Williams, Eric Williams, something like that. Yeah. Uh, he was a, a he was a somebody who worked on the previous games. Uh, so, yeah, that is uh, good to see uh, some new blood there at the top. And they don't mention his name in here, I don't think. But Corey mentioned like, oh, oh, that game, because uh, mm-hmm. he's been saying like, I never heard of God of War Ragnarok on Twitter, you know, fucking around with people, uh, as he is one to do. It seems like it's going to be, sorry, it's going to be out in 2022. No date or anything. So I think they're very much given the the wide berth to finish the game as they need to, because mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be another big release. Having Horizon, Gran Turismo, and this maybe by the summer would be another ridiculous year. So, like Sony had this year with uh, MLB, with uh, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, uh, what else? Uh, Destruction All Stars, some really good stuff this year. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun to see. And that's uh, going to be, yeah, that's uh, it for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, we got a show. Damn, we did not we did not starve for topics, did we? Wow. No, it's Sony's got a lot of stuff in our irons irons in the fire. Yeah, we're gonna have seen, all... we haven't seen yeah. the games from the studios they partnered with. Uh, new stuff from the, the studios they've acquired. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen PSVR two stuff. Mm. As I keep mentioning with these events, we're not showing that yet. Yeah, I imagine they'll probably show it early next year. Yeah, and considering that we're going into fall and winter, we're probably going to get a whole lot of more shit too. So, yeah, I mean, like for for, for the stuff that the main industry covers, like the fact that Sony was still able to fill a forty-two minute event without their VR stuff was all the more impressive. I mean, starting off with a game like Kotor Remake was totally huge. You know, Uh, maybe Alan Awake Remastered was a little bit expected, but it was good to see. Um, updates on games like, you know, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, th- th- those are all reasons to keep people excited for this year. And then, you know, you have that, uh, th- those banger announcements at, at the very end with, uh, you know, Gran Turismo, uh, and then, you know, uh, with God of War, of course. But then for Insomniac to continue with, you know, Wolverine and even Spider Man 2, which isn't even going to be out for a while, I'm like, um, how big is Insomniac gone? Because it seems like they're getting no breaks. Yeah, they've got two studio, two teams at least, as far as I know. Yeah, there's the Burbank and the the North Carolina studio. Mm-hmm. But even then, like you know, like comparing them to, to like Rockstar, where you know they they haven't really done anything unique except for updates to online. It's like, wow, they haven't released games in a regular cycle since GTA Three. Uh, yeah, exactly. Vice City and San Andreas, and then they have. Like, we're, we're not even getting table tennis from you. <laughs> yeah, but Insomniac's always been like that. 
say the Spyro games were pretty much yearly, then Ratchet and Clank and uh, Resistance. Then they kind of broke off to do some other stuff, came back, and it was only like last gen was the first one where they weren't quite doing major projects uh, every single year. And I guess to their benefit to let them work on things and make them as good as they can be, make them bigger things. So yeah, that's uh, that's the PlayStation Showcase. A lot of interesting stuff coming out, uh, especially early next year. Uh, most of the stuff has dates or months that are sometime in the first four months of next year. Mm-hmm. I assume some will delay, get delayed, because I don't know how you're going to fit other games into those months. Especially yeah. when you got Gran Turismo and Tiny Tina's Wonderlands mm-hmm. ending March. Yeah. I'm sure if I looked up what other games were announced for March, there'd be more ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. Sony's even putting out you know, Horizon Forbidden West in... Uh, I think February 18th, and Gran Turismo 7 is like two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they're covering a fair bit of different audiences, but there's still plenty that probably want both of them. So there's that. Uh, yeah. going to be fun to see us actually get closer to some of these dates uh, and stop being bombarded with these fall games that are too interesting. So, yeah, that'll be it for the show this week. Thank you to Brandon Danred for joining. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Uh, it seems like we might, well, TGS is happening, I think, here. So I don't know what sort of event stuff is going to be happening for that. It seems like they're yeah. having like a, a slate of uh, streams, but the way Japanese companies do uh, shows for TGS are very much like, oh, here's the latest video from this game it shows two percent more of the game mm-hmm. uh, the real boilerplate boring kind of things at times so yeah we'll probably just highlight anything that's interesting instead of entire showcases because uh, i saw the square enix announced like all the stuff they're going to be covering throughout the show and it's like okay there's some interesting games but it's done in the most boring way mm-hmm. possible because that's the way tgs goes yeah they're all about like stage shows and that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back next week with some more stuff. But uh, for the time being, let anybody you know or come into contact with about the show, yeah, be uh, that raving madman uh, on the corner street just yelling about Daisy updates, yeah, to people as they walk by uh, with their headphones in and can't hear you anyway, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just get closer to them; they'll eventually be able to hear it. Yeah. None of those are perfect. Uh, yeah. But yeah, for the time being, uh, this has been Days of Update. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one.